Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to a special edition of the PowerCat Podcast, a breaking edition here from Kansas City, Missouri, where... The GPC staff has been covering the Big 12 tournament, at least on Wednesday night. And then today, as we record this Thursday, it's all been about Bruce Weber's sudden resignation from being Kansas State's head coach. And Tim Fitzgerald and Zach Carlson here to discuss this. And Zach, I was shocked that it was a resignation. Uh, You know, when you think about the three three real options, you know, you have firing, uh, a retirement or a mutual parting of ways. And technically, I guess, you know, he's going to get paid. Technically, it probably was a mutual parting of ways. But seeing it as a as a res- resignation was, was pretty shocking. I knew it would come soon rather than later. And I didn't know what the logistics of it would be. Would it be a firing? Would he push back? Would it be a retirement? Or would it be the mutual parting? Um, instead, it was... I think Bruce's choice to put it as a resignation, to step away from it, which is interesting that he felt that and yet said some of the things he did, and we'll get into all of that. But Kansas State is in the search for a new basketball coach. We have a hot board up at at (laughs) GoPowerCat.com for our subscribers. 50% off right now at GoPowerCat.com to become a subscriber of GPC. A lot of people are doing it. It's time you probably do it. These are very interesting times, and we are plugged in as well as possible, I think, to this coaching search and what is headed down the road for K-State hoops. And, of course, we are always covering K-State football as Chris Kleiman heads into year four. But today's podcast is about the departure of Bruce Weber and moving into the search by Gene Taylor. We had a Zoom teleconference with Bruce Weber this morning. We then met at the Marriott here in downtown Kansas City to speak with Gene Taylor early this afternoon. Uh, kind of conflicting opinions there between the two men, but let's get into that, Zach. Uh, what what were your overall thoughts of the Zoom press conference with Coach Weber? I thought it was, quite frankly, pretty rambly and a lot of unnecessary things that were, were said. I think that... I thought the whole thing was unnecessary. It was, you know, I think that, you know, his statement would have been fine had it just been, you know, thank you for, you know, a great time. You know, I'm going to retire, or not retire, but I'm going to go take some time to be a full-time grandpa, you know, be with my wife, be with my family. You know, that part of the statement was good, but then it gets into social media negativity, and then it just kind of became the cherry on top so to speak of his career at k-state just a lot of excuses a lot of you know could have done this could have done that it was just 
it was almost fascinating to watch and hear him say some of the things that he said throughout that press conference. Yeah, he would have been better served to send out a press release with a comment and call it good and then maybe do a national podcast later on. You know, get away yeah. from the beat writers. Get away from guys like me, to be blunt. Because um, quite frankly, the, the national guys, and you, you see it on Twitter right now, you know, everyone's saying, oh, you're K-State, who, why, you know, you won these, you know, they, they kind of, they, they go off of Bruce's talking points last night, winning two Big 12 championships, right. when K-State hasn't done anything for 40 years, and look at Bruce, a lot of these national guys are, why are you getting rid of Bruce? That's the best you can do, which is just, it's not true, and it's just, it, it's ridiculous for these national media talking heads to, to bring up as talking points, but, you know, like you mentioned, uh, so, you know, a national guy someone that doesn't really have skin in the game, so to speak, that yeah. isn't, you know, on the beat, you know, that's probably the better place to kind of talk about your career and especially not, you know, 12 hours after you lose in, in Kansas City. And let's be honest, his, his comments, his six, seven minute answer to a Kellis Robinette question, and Kellis stated the question perfectly. He set the ball on the tee and yeah. <clears throat> Bruce took a big hack at it. It, uh, it hit a lot of right notes. I knew when he started bringing up his comparison to other K-State coaches, people would be uncomfortable with that. But he didn't say anything inaccurate. I mean, K-State hadn't won a Big 12 title until he came along and, you know, hadn't won any title since the 70s. So that that's all true. Um, but, I, again, I think that even that speech, which I thought was really good, still kind of showed how Bruce doesn't quite get it. He talked about his best team, his closest team of all time, was the one he inherited from Frank Martin. And he pushes back on, I inherited the players. I mean, like, that didn't happen. But it's really not the skill set of the players that he doesn't get this. It's the culture, as Jacob Pullen says. It's the locker room, as I've said. It's the things that we don't see outwardly that he inherited. And I think it only shows that proves my point that that is the glaring inability in his, his coaching golf bag is to build a locker room. If he's got a Rodney Magruder or he did recruit a Barry Brown, those were the guys in the room who held everyone accountable more so than their head coach because my ongoing frustration with Bruce Weber has been a lack of accountability. I can't remember him ever speaking the word. That's a problem I've had uh, since the very start. You know, people look at the re all the excuses. Sometimes valid reasons are described as, as excuses by other people. But I thought the social media rant at his on his Zoom press conference was just a horrific excuse. I wanted him to say, we didn't get it done. If it was all social media, why did you resign? That's where my disconnect was. I don't understand why you're resigning if it's not your fault. Because he never said it was my fault at the end of the day. I'm the head coach. Always has bothered me. And it bothered me to the very end. He should not have had that press conference. I think what bothered me during that press conference was he said that, you know, people have told him he spends the most time of any head coach in NCAA on the recruiting trail. Right. He spends more days recruiting than anybody else. Then why are you so inefficient at your job. Why can't you land if you if you're truly going after kids that you think you can get and you're spending that much time, why has it not resulted 
in what in, in the results that it should. Why has there just been this deficiency of players the last? I mean, really, he had one good recruiting class with B- Dean Wade, Barry Brown, Kamal Stokes. You know, that's really about it as far as who he's recruited. And he spent all that time on the recruiting trail for for what, essentially? And that was the biggest thing to me was it was unbelievable to just admit how much you, how inefficient you were. He flexed on all the guys he recruited and didn't get. Guys that we sat here and said, well, it'd be great if you got them, but you're not going to get those guys. He's upset about the state of college basketball and the level of cheating, and I agree with him. My problem with him hasn't been that he doesn't cheat, because I don't really want that. And now I also embrace that the NIL has made that very fuzzy and confusing. Cheating, cheating is branded now, Yeah, basically. Um, but it was his lack of ability to kind of work into the gray area where a lot of people do operate. Um and maybe it's it's great to say that he did it the right way, and he did it the right way. I think one of the best comments I saw on Wabash Station, our message board for our VAPs, is maybe he should go work for the NCAA with basketball infractions, and I don't think that's a bad idea. I think he should coach, but I think that's a pretty interesting concept. Um, then why are you recruiting guys that are subject to cheating? That's my question. Why Why are you recruiting guys that also have on their high list programs that don't just play in the gray area that are in the forbidden area, and you know it. You're not going to win that that fight. You're just not. If a kid's open to accepting things he shouldn't accept, you're out. Get out of the room and go get some other guys. And I've said this on some other media this, this day as this day kind of drags on. That reminds me of Bill Snyder talking about after 2003 and winning the Big 12 title, how they started focusing on a higher level recruit and didn't get anyone and then didn't get the guys that they had been getting and won a Big 12 title with. He, he reached for the unattainable and wasted time and resources on unattainable goals. Some ways you got to appreciate it, but when you do it over and over, that's not working efficiently in any way, and you're exactly right. Yeah. So moving on to Gene Taylor, we talked to Gene Taylor today. What did you think about what he said? I have a lot of trust in Gene. Um, if you talk to Gene in person, he's very calming, you know. Just chill, mellow. Yeah, I, and I want to remind people that a lot of us, you know, fans, and including me, were a little bit worried when the Big 12 seemed to be falling apart, when Gene was calmly saying, no, it's not. We're fine. It's okay. Calm down. Yeah. He was right. He was. He was right. <laughs> he was right. And and maybe you know his calming nature within the meetings also provided a backdrop that helped the Big Twelve survive. I mean, it helps that he was the one that replaced Crystal Kant on the uh, yeah the college football playoff committee. I think that at least in the conference, at least seeing him be the one that was named to to be the representative, I think that says a lot of you know what you're saying. Right. I think. I think that the the other athletic directors in the conference trust Gene. So now who will he pick? Um, and, and putting together a hot board, and again, the hot board is currently available at Go Power Cat for our subscribers. 
and but we'll get into some of that. Not not all 15 names we have up there. And we did it in three tiers, which are kind of the big national names and the, the more proven commodities and maybe some guys that are dark horses that we believe are involved here. So there's three different groups of five. Those numbers will change. The hot board might increase and decrease and the, the different tiers might go away. Um, Brad Underwood's at the top of the list. I want to be honest with everyone, and I've been honest with every media I've done. I've known Brad for 40-plus years. He is my one and only choice, but it probably logistically isn't happening. It's just the money, the timing. And honestly, K-State had their chances, and people in charge either didn't want him in 2012 or they didn't act to grab him when you had availability in 2017 you stayed the course with Bruce Weber. Those decisions were made by administrators at Kansas State. And I don't think Brad is bitter about it. I just think uh, as much as he and his wife Susan want to come home, Brad has got something going at Illinois, and the contract's incredible. And it probably will get increased. Right. Um, but he's on the list, and his picture's still up on the front page, and we probably need to change that. As we, <laughs> as we you know, I, I know this, that he'd like to talk. Now, what that means is vague. Do I want to talk about taking the job? Honestly, I, I really don't think so. I think he wants to just talk, share Gene, share with Gene his thoughts on what K-State basketball is about, what kind of coach belongs in Manhattan. And I'll just say I'm confident that my opinions probably line up very well with Brad's about those things. And I, and I accepted the hiring of Bruce Weber reluctantly i i thought he wasn't the right guy but after four years i thought it was time to move on when it collapsed after the fifth year i thought it was really time and his job was saved i gene talked about you don't have to be a k-stater you don't have to be a midwest guy but with chris Kleiman, the overriding reason chris Kleiman was hired over neil brown for the football job was that it wasn't that gene was buddies with chris he astutely believed that chris Kleiman was the type of guy to come to manhattan and say i'm home this is it i'm not a k-stater but this is where i belong and that honestly did was his midwest roots neil brown's a southern guy right and i still believe neil brown once he gets west virginia rolling will end up in the sec um that's not to say I also think Chris Kleiman will be at K-State for the next 10 years. So now let's turn that to what he said about basketball. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be very important for Gene Taylor to feel like the guy he's talking to across the table or across the Zoom teleconference, which is, you know, he mentioned that. Yeah. So and remember, sure. Chris Kleiman, there was, no, there was no tracking of planes during the Chris Kleiman search. It was... They revealed to us, yeah, we all did it over teleconference. Yeah, we didn't well, go see we didn't go see Chris until late on. They they did with Chris. They did meet with people at a at the football coaches conference in a in a hotel room. Yeah, um, I don't really want to say this out loud, but I did embed Gene with a tracking device today. Uh, he thought I was shaking his hand, and I had something sharp in my hand by accident, but I. He now has a GPS tracker. We added him on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. Make sure Snap Maps is yeah. on. Hey, make sure you turn on your location services, Gene. Um, <laughs> I think, though, he will lean towards Midwestern values. And as someone said 
Um, it was Soren Prater when he did his show on, on Wednesday out of Kansas City. There's a vast space in between the, the fiery antics of Frank Martin and whatever that was, reading children's stories to players of Bruce Weber. Still can't wrap my mind around that, but there's a, there's a lot of space in there. Yeah, with style, I think K Staters have this underlying need or desire to have someone that'll fight for them. And as much as everyone beloved Bill Snyder for his calm nature, you could see him on the sideline fighting for his team with referees or whatever. There was a passion there. And Bruce never seemed to have that. He had, he was vocal in a weird way, but he was always very passive with officials. Rarely got a technical, which could be an honorable thing, but often couldn't sway an official. So there's, there's a lot of guys on this list, on this hot board, that I think are good cultural fits. I think are good coaches, number one. They, they have an opportunity to succeed. But I also feel like Gene will lean into a person, a candidate, who really sincerely convinces him he wants to come to Manhattan, Kansas, and coach not to get to somewhere else. It might lead to that. And I think I look through that lens and knowing Gene at some of the candidates, even on our hot board, career climber. Might kick ass for five years in Manhattan, Kansas, and be gone. I never thought Lon Kruger was that guy, but he turned out to be that guy too. A young coach on the rise. So I lean into the Christians a little bit more. There's some smoke around Andy Kennedy, who I'm not Intrigued as much by because of his record, but I, I think he would He'd fit in. He'd fit in. People would love him. Now, could he get K-State back to the Hugs, Martin, early Weber levels? If, you, if the answer is no, or probably not, that's not your guy, and that's where I'm leaning right now on Andy. So it, it, let's make a hypothetical here. Brad doesn't get the job. Right. Hire somebody else. Would you rather have somebody that's kind of an unknown – come in for three or four years and then does bolt and take an up, use it as a stepping stone and you hope, hey, maybe in four years Illinois isn't as as bright over on that side of the state line. I'm saying state line is we are in Missouri, so we are close. Oh, we are point. close. Um, you know, does, does the sun set in Champaign, Illinois earlier than they would like? You know, and and have another opportunity at Brad, you know, in three or four years. Or do you want a guy that's going to be here for seven or eight years and then maybe you have to do the same thing to Bruce that you did to Bruce? I I saw Jacob Pullen's tweet that he wants Shane Southwell. And I respect Jake and I love Shane. And I hope to God whoever takes this job retains Shane. Yes. And maybe if you bring in a young climber. That'll prepare Shane enough to be ready. It's just too early in his career. He hasn't seen enough. I still want to see more from him on the recruiting trail. And bluntly put, I want him to have middle ground in his coach teaching. He played for Frank, briefly for Bruce, coached under Bruce. I want someone a little bit in the middle to steer his career a little bit. Shane needs to take a Kim English path. Go out, find another, you know, go find a good program. You know, uh, Kim English, what, went to Tennessee for a couple of years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now he's at George Mason. And he, he bounced around assistant jobs 
learning from established coaches right. like Rick Barnes. Go go find a good coach to get in with. I mean, it's Shane Southwell is an up and coming assistant coach, no doubt. You know, and, and I think that the college basketball world knows and understands that. And when you played for Frank and you played, you know, a little bit under Brad, you know, when he was an assistant, right. you have connections. Bruce Weber, you know. Bruce Weber talks about Tom Izzo, whoever else, all the time. You know, Shane Southwell can go somewhere and get a job at a good program, I think, any in any part of the country. So I think if Shane doesn't get retained, I don't feel bad for Shane because he's going to land on his feet and he's going to keep going up. And maybe, you know, if K-State does hire, you know, a three- or four-year guy that's on a stepping stone, Maybe it's time to bring Shane home after that. It's kind of like, kind of like the Colin Klein thing. You know, he goes to Northern or Northern Iowa for a bit, comes back, a little different of a trajectory for sure, but you know, kind of the same thinking, I now, guess. There's more ladders, more more rungs on the ladder in football than basketball. Yes. Um, and and you bring up Kim English, who if this had gone down last year would have been way up on my board. Yeah, I think he was ready to be a head coach. He took over. Georgia Mason, and they're having – he had a rebuild job there, did an adequate job. But ironically, if he hadn't been a head coach this season, I probably would have had him on the hot board this season. It, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and I certainly – if Kim English is the guy, I would not be upset because I think he's – It's amazing. He's going to be a superstar. I don't think there's a single visiting player that's played in Bramlage that is more loved than Kim English. I would agree. I agree because he, he understood – the the environment and the culture and even the hostility yeah i mean he loved the big 12 yeah i mean he was a big 12 he, just because he went to missouri he he was a big 12 guy yeah and you know as someone said to me if he ever came to manhattan instead of columbia i mean home is home but also the amount of pressure for a young coach as scott frost going home yeah can be paralyzing um I, I'm going to be very intrigued as we start actually hearing tangible conversations during this process of, of who has reached out. We've, and that is reflected on the hot board. Don't get me wrong. We just didn't throw out a dartboard and do some research. There are some specific names on there that we know have interest in this job. Um, but it starts to bubble and percolate. And what you need to get through is who really wants the job and who really wants their current job to give them a raise. That goes on a lot. Yeah. You know, Gene Taylor talked about agents reaching out. And I'm like, well, if it's anyone of, you know, that has a really pretty good job, there's a chance, probably 90%, they're just trying to get a raise. Maybe they're looking for an exit. Maybe they don't like where they're at. And that's what Dana Altman did. Bruce incorrectly said he was fired in Manhattan. He wasn't. Uh, he, he was in over his head as a young coach and left on his own accord to Creighton um, and had the time to improve apparently Creighton is where failed big eight coaches go to rehab their careers this brings me to Greg McDermott I'm not a fan never have been but we have heard that there's interest there's not interest for me but I'm not making the hire um, and two hires in a row that you're upset about uh yeah <laughs> um that that's the thing with with Gene, Gene needs to to thread this needle. It's easy to win a press conference. It's easy to hire less miles. It's easy to go find that guy that the fan base will rally around or something. 
but it's really difficult to win the press conference with the right guy. Huggins was that. There was even a lot of doubters about Frank because he was young in his trajectory of his career when K-State promoted him. But he turned out to be head coaching material. I trusted Huggs 100% on that endorsement. So that's what's really going to be interesting to me. Is there someone out there that can fire up the fan base while being the right guy that wants to stay in Manhattan and get it done? I don't know. And that's what faces Gene Taylor right now starting the next two, three weeks. He wants it done by the Final Four. I mean, Bruce was hired by the Final Four. Yeah, but... Yeah, it was John Curry, though. What's up? I, I just... <laughs> I'm just captured by the the visuals of how excited John Curry was to um, suspend Jamar Samuels to get to Frank. People said he was actually giddy about it. And I can't imagine how giddy he was that a name like Bruce Weber wanted the job at K-State, and he totally missed everything that happened at Illinois, where social media had turned on him. The little bit of social media right. at the time. That Does Bruce not realize the changes in social uh, media over the last 10 years? It's not specific to K-State. Not at all. And in fact... And him saying, you know, being embarrassed by the... Yes, there, there are some of you listening to this podcast that are probably embarrassing to K-State on social media. But guess what? There are people just like you at every other school and their fan base. And guess what? A lot of those fan bases are a lot bigger. So there's more of them than there are of you. You aren't even the best, worst social media people. Apparently there was a sign right behind us last night at the Sprint Center, right in front of the K-State bench, across the court, about bye Bruce or something. Bye-bye Bruce. In the middle of the game. Why? Why would you do that? I don't understand that thinking. It's It's been clear that he's out. Right. It was clear going in that what has happened over the last six hours, we all knew it was happening. No one was saying it officially, but we everybody saw the writing on the wall. There's, there's no need to dance on a grave. And we all do this. We see three different accounts tweeting hatred. Half the fan base hates the guy. Yeah. No, those three accounts, that those people, those individuals behind that, we, we so magnify the voices on social media. Number one, it's not a representation of any fan base. It's not a cross-section. It's not like you go out and do polling and you try to get an even balance of everything if, you're in, if that's what you're actually doing. It's, it's people that want to vent on social media. And right there, it's a biased sampling. Yeah. So... Um, I didn't really feel like the fan base was completely done with Bruce until this season. And yeah, there were holdouts. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we all have what is more important than other things. And Bruce is a good guy. Um, and I'm going to say this. There, there's some people in Manhattan who will tell you otherwise on that, about how he's treated some people. But overall, he's a good guy. He's been good to me, even though I was hostile towards him at times. He understands the role of the media. Um. I think he was put off by what he saw from general fans more than anything. And I should say I apologize to Bruce. And I said, well, you proved me wrong. With an Elite Eight and a Big 12 title, you pretty much slam dunk that. And then at the end of the day, he proved me right. He was never quite right guy for Manhattan because he can't sustain things. These, 
these peaks and valleys aren't normal. Right. And even the peak, he mentioned it today. One of his favorite moments was the practice that Barry Brown called. I mean, that that literally defined the second half of Bruce Weber's tenure at K-State. Mm-hmm. Was Bruce, uh, that Barry Brown was such a leader and a power in that locker room that the guys listened to him and he's large. I, I give him 100% responsibility for that Elite Eight run and that Big 12 championship run. Like that, that's not like it, it. Yes, Bruce was the head coach, but without Barry Brown, we wouldn't be having this discussion about Bruce Weber today. Absolutely, he took him into the locker room down big against West Virginia at home and did exactly what TCU did down the road here. Completely turned things around at halftime with a you know getting mad and holding his teammates accountable is what Barry Brown did at halftime. They came out and won that game, West Virginia, that entire season switched he was a he was a special leader and and to bruce's credit he recruited him he identified him and recruited him but that's the recruiting groove he needed to stay in and he didn't well that's it for this breaking podcast about bruce weber resigning as kansas state's basketball coach effective immediately although let, let me clarify something about the contract i put this up on wabash station but everyone probably wants to know this when they say they're honoring the terms of the contract, he will be on salary through the end of April, as his contract says, and then he will be given the buyout of $1 million at that point. He will not be on contract May 1 when the buyout would have dropped to 500000 So that's been a point of confusion. Um, and even if Bruce takes a job, and I'm, I've said this, I hope he does. I don't think he's done coaching. I know he wants to be a grandpa and a, and a husband, and he's gone all the time. But I think he's got more in him to give. I hope he goes down back into the mid-major realm where he rose up at Southern Illinois and, and finds happiness because the players so often he recruited at Kansas State were the exact same players he could recruit at that level. It wasn't quite good enough on a consistent basis here. And he'll win a lot of games if he goes home to Milwaukee, where I think is a perfect place for him to go, set up shop, and hand it off to someone to follow him in a few years. Make sure you follow along at GoPowerCat.com. Reminder, 50% off annual subscriptions through the weekend. Make sure you take care of that. A lot of you are, and we really, really appreciate it. We will update the hot board as soon as we have some more information. We're already getting some probable changes on the hot board. And make sure you're following along at GoPowerCat.com. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 